Isn't the Lord good? All right, open your Bible. We finished up Matthew 25 last week. And so let's go into Matthew 26. All right, everybody turn with me to Matthew chapter number 26. What a great blessing it is to be in the house of God. What a blessing it is to have a heated building. Have padded seats. Have coffee in the foyer. Now see, sometimes we we just take those things for granted. You know, there's people meeting on dirt floors right now. Yeah, in cold weather. You got their teeth chattering. Sometimes I think we, we, we forget all the blessings of God. All the blessings of God. Matthew chapter number 26. Uh, we're going to read of an incident that took place uh, very shortly before the crucifixion of Christ. And uh, we're going to deal with a subject that's going to be really plain and, and applicable to us today. And this is going to be one of those where it's, it's not going to be, amen, it's going to be, oh me. Do I have a witness? And don't worry, don't worry about looking who needs to hear this. You it. Usually I'll do a survey and I'll say, how many of y'all have, but I'm not even going to do that this morning because I know all of you have. We're not, because if I sue, how many of you, I'm, I'm going to be tempting some of y'all to lie because we've all been guilty of this one. We've all been guilty of being critical and criticizing. And Jesus has something to say about that this morning. And all God's people say it. Matthew chapter number 26 and verse number one. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, "Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. The son of man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. In other words, the, 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 the machine has already went into action. The plans have already started place, taking place to kill Jesus. Verse 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. In other words, they had a problem with it. Saying, to what purpose is this waste? Can you imagine? Can you imagine a woman coming, giving her best to Jesus? And they said, what a waste. Mm. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? In Alabama, we'd say, what's your problem? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for memorial of her. Wow. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. 
even though it's piercing sometimes, even though it's convicting sometimes, Lord, even though it's painful sometimes, Lord, use it for your glory. Use it to fix us. Use it to change us. Use it to convict us. Use it to repair us. Make us more like your son, Jesus. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I forgot something. I forgot something. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. Because this is one of them kind. John chapter number 12. I know you're in Matthew chapter number 26. But John chapter number 12 gives us the same incident. But if you, if you've studied the gospels enough, you understand and you know that sometimes one gospel will describe an incident and another gospel will describe the same incident, but give a little more detail. If you, if that makes sense, say amen. Amen. And so I went to John 12 and we looked at the same incident, the same situation, the same action that took place. But it goes into detail more about who instigated the indignation. And so I want to take, I want to take John 12 and Matthew chapter 26 and put it together. And let us get a clear view of this particular situation. In John, John names the woman who brings this ointment. He not only names the woman, he names the instigator who started all of it. He was Judas. And so let's look. I, I want to read this. You don't have to turn there, but, but I want you to watch this. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spike, and they're very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. Now don't get sideways. We know in Matthew said he anointed his head, but John says not only the head, but the feet also. I believe she poured it all over him. Because in that day, instead of embalming, instead of embalming people, they would anoint them, the whole body, with this ointment and perfume. And Jesus said, she's doing this for my burial. So I believe, I believe personally, she just poured it all over him. She wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, see, it didn't just, they didn't all just rise up. It started with one. Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? In other words, this is, this is how I see this. This, this incident takes place and, and Mary is worshiping him and giving her best to him and giving what she could. And Judas rises up and said, man, what a waste. Why didn't, why didn't we sell this and give it to the poor? And all the other disciples went like this. Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Then he said, then he said, watch this now. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a, he's a thief. And he had the bag. He was the treasure of the little group. 
and he bare that what was put in therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Here's the, here's, I, I want to I talk to you this morning about being a critic. Being a critical person, a criticizer. The word critic, the word critic, I looked it up this morning and wrote it out on my paper. It's not in your nose, I just wrote it with my hand. A critic is a person who expresses an unfavorable opinion of something. A person who expresses an unfavorable opinion of something. So I, I, would, I would guess to say, I would guess to say we probably all have been in that category one time or another in our life. Do I have a witness? Yeah. Critical. The word critical. Inclined. Inclined to find fault. Or to judge with severity. In other words, inclined. That, that, that's, just, that's the way they're bent. Critical people dwell always on the negative. Y'all know that's them people that's got two negative posts on their battery. <clears throat> Some of y'all get that later. <clears throat> Don't ever say nothing positive. Always something critical. Always something wrong. Always something to gripe about. They gravitate. They gravitate always to any flaw they can find. This type of person is usually always upset about something or the other. This type of person, listen, has very little control over their tongue. I just going to tell my mind, be careful. You know, that little, that little, that little box on Facebook, what's on your mind? That should have never been put on there. <laughs> say, why do you say that? Proverbs 29, 11 says a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. That's Proverbs 29, 11. If you need to write that down, be careful giving all your mind. Some of you ain't got much of it left. There's a verse in the Bible that says, study to be quiet. And some of y'all hadn't memorized that one. <laughs> always critical. Always finding fault. I've told you the story. I've told you the story of, of the hummingbird and the buzzard. Y'all have heard me say that before. You know what? A buzzard goes out and you know what he finds? Dead, rotting flesh. That's what he finds. And, and, and the hummingbird... When it goes out, it finds sweet nectar. You know why the hummingbird finds old dead rotting flesh? Because that's what it's looking for. And you know why the hummingbird finds that sweet nectar? Because what's the point? If you want to be negative and find out some fault with somebody, you're going to find it. If that's what you're Listen, when you get up in the morning, don't be a buzzard. Aim to be a hummingbird. Some of y'all is going to take great effort. <laughs> but let me tell you something about criticism. This is the God's truth. Criticism is terrible because it disregards the feelings of others. We open our mouth and we run it, not even thinking about what it's going to cause to the other person and how they feel. 
Criticism disregards the feelings of others. Criticism discourages the favor of others. Sooner or Now let me translate that. Nobody wants to be around a constant critic. Sooner or later, if you're always negative, if you're always critical, if you're always finding fault, sooner or later, it might not be today, may not be today because they may be getting something from you. But sooner or later, you're going to find yourself alone. Alone. Be careful. Criticism disregards the feelings of others. Criticism discourages the favor of others. Criticism deteriorates the faith of others. Criticism deteriorates the faith of others. There was a couple, there was a couple in my father's, uh, uh, I need a tissue really bad. Could you get that Willie? Thank you. I'm I'm glad you showed up to church today. He was working Wednesday guys. I picked on him Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you. I should have got that before and I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. Uh, There was a couple in my father's church. Uh, that were very negative, very critical all the time. And, and they, they had a tendency to, to gravitate around all the new people. And it would, it would just frustrate my father to death and scare him to death when a new family or a new couple would come into the church and they would find themselves sitting close to them. Because this couple would always invite him to uh, come over to our house to eat. Or let's go, and, and so here, now they start piling up, and dad said, well, there we go. And then in just a few weeks, a few months would go by, you would see this exciting couple who's so excited about the church they have found, and so happy to be here, to start looking solemn, and sold up, and then before long, they would be out. And then, you know, come to find out, my father would talk to some of them later and say, please come back, please, what, what happened, you know? And it would always be, always be that this couple would be criticizing everything that the leadership was doing, the church was doing, what we would do. And ultimately, it would destroy the confidence and the faith of this young couple. Criticism deteriorates the faith. Listen, let me, let, me, let me give you some points and we'll pray. <clears throat> Number one, look what it says. Look what it says in, in John 12. It, Judas, Judas had an issue. He had a problem. He said, I don't like this. This shouldn't have never happened. What a waste. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a... All right. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Criticism is a disguise. Criticism is a disguise. It hides a, write this down. It hides a true identity. He wasn't, he wasn't doing this because he cared for the poor. He wasn't doing this because he was a saint. He wasn't doing this because he's a very generous person. He was doing this because his true identity, he was a thief. And be careful when you sit and listen to critical people who are criticizing others because they're truly hiding who they really are. It's a disguise. They're hiding their true identity. And you can write this down, a true inferiority. What what is he trying to say? He's just trying to say, you're not as good as I am. Or you didn't do what I would have done. 
They're trying to put someone else down. Now, why would someone put someone else down to make them look better? That's the only reason. The only reason if I, if I criticize Miss Diane, the one I'm criticizing her too, I want them to think that I'm smarter than Miss Diane or that I'm better than Miss Diane. Are y'all with me? Be careful. Be careful, critic. You just hiding who you really are. Listen, listen. Criticism is a disguise. Criticism, number two, is a deception. <clears throat> Criticism is a deception. You mean, what do you mean? It not only says he didn't care for the poor, he was a thief. That was his identity. That was his identity. He was a thief and had the bag that bear that was put therein. In other words, he had a desire for control. He had a desire for control. Judas had the money bag. He wasn't going to give it to the poor. That was a lie. He wanted it in the. Now, let me just share this with you. Let me just share this with you. This really is just a little added to this. But you got to understand Judas is now seeing this thing ain't going the direction he thought it was going to go. Judas is in the deal because he wanted power. Judas is in the deal. He's following Jesus because he thinks that Jesus is going to rule and he's going to get to rule with him. And he's going to be a man of power. He's going to be a man of means. And, and, and he's already got the money bag. But now Jesus is saying, I'm going to die. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. And, and Judas is saying, oh, I need to get all I can. Are y'all with me? It's just a, it's just a deceiving way. This critics, criticism is deception. It's a desire for control. It shows a complete disregard for Christ. It shows a, a complete disregard for Christ. Why'd you let her do this? Now it's God's fault. Now watch this. I wrote down here on your notes. God is big enough to handle his own business. He don't need your help. He, he talked to his own prophet through a jackass. If he can do that, he don't need your help. And if you're doing that, that might, well, anyway. I'll go ahead and say the rest. Be careful. Whoever you're criticizing, God's big enough to handle it. God's big enough to deal with them. God's big enough to correct them. God's big enough to get their attention. Are y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There is a thing. There is a thing called constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. And then there's just plain old criticism. Now, let me tell you the difference between constructive criticism. Uh, Brother Doug, Brother Doug has given me a lot of constructive criticism. And the difference between constructive criticism and criticism is he told me. He said, this is where you can get better. This is where you can do it a little different and it might help and, and be better. He wasn't doing it to tear down. He was doing it to. And it was always, always to. 
if you're criticizing someone to someone else, it's never constructive. Never. So if you're not speaking to the one you're criticizing, you might as well just go to the altar and repent. You don't have to say, go ahead, church, say, oh, me. Oh, me. Criticism is a disguise. It just hides a true identity. Criticism is a deception. He didn't care nothing about the poor. He wanted to control the money. He wanted money in the pot. He's fixing to, he's fixing to fly the coop and he was trying to get everything he could. He done wasted three years with this man he thought was going to be the king. Number three, here's the biggie. Here's the biggie. Criticism is a danger. Criticism is a danger. Write this down. It is contagious. Write that down. It is, say it with me. It is contagious. We know by John 12, we know by John 12 that Judas started it, right? He's the one instigated. He's the one that come up with this, this complaint, this criticism of this woman. And, and by the way, it was an offhand, how, how do you call that? A uh, 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 passive aggressive. It was a passive aggressive way of criticizing Christ. He said, what a waste. And, and by the way, think about this. This is Jesus. And this is the woman who's offering her best to Jesus. And here's Judas over here. And honestly, if you look at the deal, it's really none of his business. What does it have to do with him? It's no skin off of his back. It's not his money. It's not his gift. It's not, it doesn't have one blessed thing to do with him. And we got people running around talking about things that don't have one blessed thing to do with them. It's absolutely 100% none of their business. Now, listen, the Bible says in Proverbs, the one that meddleth with strife belonging not to him is as one who has got the dog by the ears. Now, if you don't understand what it means to have a dog by the ears, that means you have got this dog who's mad and he's angry and he's going to bite you, but you've got him by the ears. And now what do I do? Because if I let him go, woo, it's going to be like Jerry Clower said, shoot up here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief. When you're messing with stuff that ain't your business, putting your nose where it don't belong, don't have not one thing to do with you, but he's going to say it anyway. What a waste. Well, the very terrible thing about this is all the rest of them disciples. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew tells us that they all chimed in. You know why? Because criticism is. It's contagious. I've seen people that was a happy go lucky, just positive all the time and start hanging around with negative people. There went that. 
Pastor Doug, have you seen it in your years? It never fails. It ne- I have rarely, I have rarely seen, I have rarely seen positive people change negative people. But I have over, 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 over and over seen negative people corrupt positive people. You know why? It's always easier to pull someone down a ladder than it is to pull someone up. Criticism is contagious. Man, it'll spread. People will just chime in. That's right. Listen, let me say this while I'm here and at it. Be careful what you do on social media. Please. Be careful what you do on social media. Here's a, here's a, here's a terrible thing that happens. Someone posts, and this is the, this is the popular thing right now, posting the picture of someone who gets arrested or gets in trouble. And one of the, one of the newspapers or one of the, one of the, those things or whatever will post it. And then all of a sudden, what do you see? Everybody posting and making their little comment about it. If you're a temple person, please don't do that. Why would you do that? Why would you, why would you, why would you share someone's misery and failure with the rest of the world? What if that was your son? What if that was your mother? What if it was you? You know what? First Corinthians chapter 13 has something to say about that. First Corinthians 13 is talking about love and it uses the word charity. Y'all remember? And in verse five and six, it says love or charity, love thinketh no evil. And it also says this, love rejoiceth not in iniquity. You know what that means? Real love doesn't get happy when someone else falls. If you, you have really have love in your heart and God's love in your heart, when you've seen somebody's failed and messed up, you won't get happy. You won't get excited. You won't share and put your little two cents in. It'll break your heart. Sinners do that stuff, not saints. Listen, and you say, oh, 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 you know, it's just you had a friend that got in trouble. I did. But y'all have heard me say this before that ever happened. Multiple times. So don't bring that garbage to me. I don't care who it is. Don't share it. Pray for him. Don't share it. Weep over it. Don't share it. Ask God to fix them and change them and help them. And Lord God, don't tell nobody else about it. Love covereth a multitude of sins. Amen. And it's, and it's ironic that this incident is where we're at in Matthew. Wow. Criticism is dangerous because it's contagious. Other people are going to join in. It's not only dangerous because it's contagious, it's awful costly. Jesus turns around and corrects him. <clears throat> Judas is speaking in John 12. All of them chime in in Matthew 25. 
This is what Jesus said when he heard it. Look in verse 7 of John 12. Verse 7 of John 12. What's the first three things, first three words Jesus says? Say it again. Leave her alone. Leave her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Now watch this. Now go back to Matthew 25. Now we know Jesus started it. Judas instigated it. And Jesus spoke specifically to him, leave her alone. Now watch this, verse 14, Matthew 25, are you there? If you're not mad? If you are mad, I'll tell you what my grandma said. You got the same britches to get glad in. Because if you don't like it, tough. We got to stop this. Amen. Look what happened. Then, look at the verse 14. What's the first word? What's the first word? Then. When is then? Right when Jesus said, leave her alone. Right when Jesus, we're in Matthew. We're in Matthew 25. We're jumping back and forth, Matthew 26 and John 12. Same incident. We're just wanting to get the big picture. I know it. I lied. Miss Diane, you know what I meant. Have we been in 25 any today? Okay, all right. You're supposed to read my mind, Miss Diane. I'm criticizing you. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. As soon, are you in 26, Miss Diane? Okay, all right. As soon as Jesus corrected him, as soon as Jesus said, Leave her, watch what he did. Then, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went into the chief priest and said unto them, what will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they coveted him with him, 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, Judas sought opportunity to. Criticism costing. Now, I hope you know the whole story because the whole story is this. He did portray him. He was one of the most wicked men that ever lived. And then he went out because he was so guilt ridden. He tried to hang himself and either the branch broke or the rope broke and he fell and busted all over the place. I'm telling you, be careful being a critic. Be careful criticizing all the time. Be careful sharing someone else's misery because, honey, it will come back. It's costly because other people chime in. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth. But that which is edifying, say it with me, that which is, that which is, edifying means to build up. If what you're saying will not build up, if what you're saying is not to the person who needs the building up, it's not constructive. You're better off keeping your mouth shut. Are y'all with me? Be careful. Criticism is very costly. Let's sum this up. Flip your, flip your page. You don't have to write nothing down. There's no blank. So, so just follow along. What's the conclusion? 
What's the conclusion? When you see somebody, <clears throat> when you hear somebody criticizing somebody to you. And, and let, me, let, me, let me just say this before we sum it up. <clears throat> let me say this. All you have to do. I've heard people say, well, preach, I, I don't, you know, people just come to me with this stuff. That's like, that's like standing at the landfill and wondering why people are bringing garbage to you. You know why they bring you that stuff? Because they know you're going to, you're going to listen and probably chime in too. There's no, that's, that, that's an easy fix. That's an easy fix. Here's what, here, let me give you an illustration. Willie G, coming to me, because he won't say something about Miss Diane. He saw her in town. Uh-huh. He heard. Uh-huh. Y'all know, I wasn't, I wasn't supposed to repeat this. So I'm only going to say it one time. <laughs> now here's how to handle that. Here's how to handle that. And I've done this a ton. Nobody's ever took me up on it. Not one single time. I've been so discouraged. <laughs> Willie G comes to me and got something to say about Miss Diane. I'm going to say, hold it, hold it, hold it. Listen, wait a minute. We, let's, go to, let's go talk to her about that. Let's see if we can go help her. If you, you, you heard that, you see, let's go talk to her about that. I got something in the stove. I need to check real quick. Not one single person has ever took me up on that. And you know what is an amazing thing? Ever since that time, they have never called back. It is amazing. So let's, let's just be honest, okay? It's just us today. It's just us, us family, our church family. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. If somebody keeps, you're, you're all in the, and people always come to you with this stuff, that's because you want it too. Because you can shut it down anytime you want to. Church, say amen. amen. Listen. <laughs> amen, preacher. Plow on. Here's the conclusion. This incident teaches us four things. Number one, criticism is usually just a front to hide someone's true colors. In an attempt to elevate one's status in the eyes of others by putting someone else down. It really reveals insecurity. If you've got to criticize somebody else, if you've got to put somebody else down to lift you up, you're a pretty insecure person. You need to fix what your problem is before you worry about somebody else. Number two. Number two. Well, let's just all read number one so I know you got it. <clears throat> let's all read it. You ready? Number one. Criticism is usually just a front to hide someone's true colors in an attempt to elevate one's status in the eyes of others by putting Would you agree? Amen. Number two, be careful about hanging with critical people because criticism is 
contagious. Read it with me. Be careful about hanging with critical people because criticism is. Number three. Be careful who you join up with in criticism of another. You just might be teaming up with a devil. Mm. John 6, 70. Jesus answered them, have I not chosen you 12? And one of you is a. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was it, it, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. Woo. Woo. Be, be careful. Be careful who you join up with in criticism. You might be teaming up with the devil. Number four, be careful about criticizing something you don't understand. In the end, you may end up looking real foolish. Jesus said, leave her alone. Not only did he say, leave her alone. Not only did he say, leave her alone. He said, let me tell you something. Not only... Did what she do was a good thing. But from now on. Everywhere the gospel is preached. They're going to talk about her and what she did. Now watch this now. Watch this. They said. What a. Waste. Come on. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all, some of y'all, you can't wait to get out of here this morning. I'm going to hold you to the entire time if I had to repeat myself. What a But Jesus said, it's a good thing. And not only is it a good thing, but everybody's going to hear about what she did. Here's a disciple, probably not Judas. He's so mad he left. Like some of y'all going to do in just a minute. (laughs) What do you think them disciples did? If they had a true heart and if they were real, this is what they did. Hello. You see, I, I, I know, I know where your heart is. Depending on whether you rebel or repent. Judas got mad and left and betrayed Jesus. The disciples were broken. What have we done? Be careful about criticizing something you don't understand. Because you might end up looking real foolish. I'm going to confess. I'm going to confess. I got three minutes to do it. We were, we were working here in this building here. And there was a, a church that was in a building program close to us. And, uh, and Brother Doyle Berry went over there and done some painting for him. Look at me, everybody. Don't be wrapping up. Look at me. Get this. I'm confessing. 
And uh, he said, man, I, you know what? That church has got a Starbucks in the foyer. I said, do what? A Starbucks? They going to serve coffee? Bless God. I wouldn't. You know, you know the people that's not laughing? They've never been in that corner of the building. <laughs> I started criticizing. His name was Jerry Lawson. Daystar Church. See, I'm confessing it all. Because it's like my third time confessing it. <laughs> Apparently the first two times y'all didn't listen. And Jerry knows, and I've told Jerry. I said, man, I criticized something I just didn't understand. I was raised with traditions and hang-ups that was not biblical. Not, and it's okay, if it's okay if someone wants to do this, but don't try to say it's in the Bible. I don't have no problem with your tradition or anybody's tradition, but don't force it on someone else if you can't back it up with the Bible. That building is the temple of God. No, it's not. Your body is. Anyway, make a long story short. I ended up looking real foolish. Because I had something to say about something I truly didn't understand. You say, what changed you? I got along with God in my Bible. And started really trying to determine whether everything I believed lined up with everything God said. And I found out there were some things that I had an opinion about that was really just that, an opinion and a preference. But I let my mouth go into active gear when I should have let my brain and my ears do the working. And as a fool, I uttereth all my mind. Be careful. We started making changes and adjustments so we could be as clearly as biblical as we possibly could be. There's a lot of people who didn't like it because their tradition and preferences had a meeting one time with someone that was going around spreading gossip. And everybody, everybody that was involved in it, <clears throat> that I heard, that they heard, that this were anybody that, I, that, that was any remotely involved in it, I rounded them all up and got them in a classroom over there. And had all my staff with me. And I said, this is what's being said. And this is what the truth is. This is going to stop tonight. Some of them left. But this was what was said. Well, when this don't work, we had about 400 people at the time. 400. We had about this section. 
Well, when this stuff don't work, you won't be able to blame us. That's what was said. I said, no problem. No problem. It's going to work. Why? How do you know that? I said, because God told me to do it. They were criticizing something they really didn't understand. Now, if they was to come today, they won't. Pride's a huge thing. Pride's powerful. But all they knew when they was here is this little section right here. But if they was to come up here and look like this, they'd look real foolish. I'm telling you, be careful. Be careful criticizing something you don't understand. Because in the end, you may end up looking real foolish. The worst part is you may be teaming up with the devil. Preacher, what do we do? Well, the easiest thing is just keep your mouth shut. Do you know the Bible says the tongue is a, there's a fire in the tongue that is set on of hell. You know what the Bible says also about the tongue? If a man can tame his tongue, he can tame the world. There's a reason that God put your tongue behind two fences. Your teeth and your lips. If it makes it past the teeth, Hold on with your lips. <laughs> and all God's people say it. Amen. Now, can we, can we make, can, can, let's just go ahead and make all the people that are feeling real guilty right now. Let's, let's, let's ease their conscience a little bit. How many of y'all have been critical before? Let's just, yeah. Let's, get, let's do better. And see, the Holy Spirit is going to, the Holy Spirit, when we go to say something, the Holy Spirit is going to say, hey, 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 hey. And then you're going to have a choice. You're going to have a choice whether you're going to obey the Holy Spirit or you're going to rebel and be like Judas. We don't need no Judases at Temple Baptist Church. And all God's people say it. 